Before we jump into today's episode of Survivor Sanctuary, I want to let you know that you can become a supporter of this podcast and help offset some of the costs of bringing this podcast to you each week. You can visit anchor.fm slash Survivor Sanctuary, click on donate, and you can give an amount starting at 99 cents a month and going up to $9.99 a month. If you love the podcast and you want to keep new episodes coming to you, then visit anchor.fm slash Survivor Sanctuary and become a monthly donor today. More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Welcome to another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. I'm Kelly, your host. Glad, as always, to be here with you and going to be chatting for just a little bit about sexual abuse, sexual abuse within the church, as we do each and every episode on the podcast here. Well, before we jump into it, I want to remind you to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, search for Survivor Sanctuary Podcast, and you can request to join, answer a real quick, very simple member question, and then I will add you into the group. We'd love to have you there, following along with discussions, sharing whatever's on your mind, getting advice if you need it, or just watching what everybody else posts. And it's been great this past couple of weeks seeing some posts from Brian Holt, who we interviewed on the podcast a few weeks back. And Brian has been doing a sermon series on sexual abuse within the church, which is amazing because as he asked in the group, has anyone heard a message preached about sexual abuse? And I think that like 101% of us said, no, we haven't. And so it's just been great to uh, go through that sermon series with Brian and hear actual sermons preached about sexual abuse within the church. It's pretty amazing. And I want to encourage you to check out those messages if you haven't yet. And he posted links to the YouTube videos for all of them on the Facebook group. So you can check that out there. So as happens sometimes here on the podcast, I plan a topic, a subject that I want to talk about, and then things kind of happen, life kind of happens, and sometimes a little wrench gets thrown into the plans, and that wrench was thrown at me here in the last couple of days. And so yeah, my topic has changed just a little bit, and I want to talk today about speaking out on sexual abuse. We've talked in the past on some episodes about some of the pushback that we get uh, when we speak out about sexual abuse in the church. It's just a topic that seems to be super uncomfortable for a lot of people. And it's not like we all want to sit around and think about sexual abuse 24 hours a day. You know, it's not something that you want to have on your mind constantly. Um, But there seems to be a group of people or individuals or whoever they may be within the church or without the church that do not like when you bring up the subject of sexual abuse at all. And I've heard different theories as to why this happens, that maybe people get uncomfortable because they start to think of situations in their own lives that make them 
not want to hear about sexual abuse because maybe it brings up stuff in their past that they haven't worked through. Maybe they're not ready to face it and they don't want to think about it. So they kind of push back against you when you speak out. For some people, it's that they don't want their happy, shining view of their church family or maybe their immediate family or their extended family. They don't want any of that to be changed. They like viewing life the way that they've always viewed it. And if you drop a bomb on somebody and say, oh, hey, this person that you think is amazing actually is a sexual abuser, like that is going to uproot a lot in their lives. It's going to change how they think, how they see the world. It is going to disrupt their comfort. And people don't like to have their comfort disrupted. So whether it's that somebody doesn't want to think about some of the abuse that maybe they've experienced in their own life, or whether maybe they don't really want to know that life isn't this rose-colored place that they've come to believe that it is. Whatever the case, we get a lot of pushback as survivors about speaking out against sexual abuse. And I know we've done episodes in the past here on Survivor Sanctuary about some of the reasons that people push back and some of the ways that people push back. But I think that one of the strangest ways to get pushback from people about speaking out against sexual abuse is when it comes from other survivors, or at least people who claim to be survivors of sexual abuse. Now, I'm not saying that to say that like if somebody says they're a survivor and they're not comfortable speaking out, that means they might be lying about being survivors. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think that my point is more, if someone has experienced sexual abuse, if they've gone through the pain of sexual abuse, if they've gone through some of the after effects of having been abused, then it's very difficult to understand why that person would be against someone advocating against sexual abuse. Now, you could bring it back to what we just discussed a few moments ago and say maybe people aren't comfortable with having their own stuff brought up from the dark recesses of their souls. They don't want that stuff coming up. They want to bury it down and they don't want to have to deal with it. And so maybe that's why they want you to just be quiet about sexual abuse. But I'm just going to share a personal experience. And, you know, I don't want to make Survivor Sanctuary, the podcast, like a diary of my personal life or anything like that. But sometimes things happen and they just relate so much to what we all go through as survivors. And it relates so much to the things that we talk about on this podcast each and every day. And over the last couple of days, that's been something that has definitely happened. So I basically found out that a person in my extended family has been mocking me (laughs) to other people, like literally like legit mocking me for speaking out on sexual abuse. Like this person, I've always known that they had an issue with me speaking out because there have been some passive aggressive things said. And then there's been like these, you know, has anyone ever subtweeted that you like you tweet something and then you get like this subtweet, it's super passive aggressive. And people don't just come out and say that they're talking to you or about you, but you just kind of know. So with this person in my life, I kind of just knew that she didn't want me speaking out about sexual abuse for whatever reason made her super uncomfortable. And in fact, um, some people were asking me, 
in my family some questions about um, what I was going through years ago when I first started to speak out and not even necessarily speaking out as much as I was just dealing with my own situation of abuse. I was dealing with a mission board trying to get the, the person who had abused me to get out of the pulpit and to get away from kids. You know, I had turned him in and I was going through that whole mess. And I remember some people asking me questions. And of course, they're in your family. They're people that you know and that you feel like you can trust. And so I was explaining like, okay, well, this is what I'm going through. This is what happened. And not like being melodramatic or like laying on the ground and crying or anything, but just saying, oh yeah, this is what's going on in my life. And this is what happened when I was a kid. And so I'm just trying to make sure that this person can't do it to anybody else. And I noticed just a kind of a change in certain people after that point where they get really quiet, don't really have much to say to you in the moment, but then it seems like after the fact, they will get on Facebook or talk to other members of the family and basically say things that let you know that they're not super big fans of the fact that you're speaking out. Now, I want to put a little caveat in here because I almost feel bad um, for even complaining about this. I almost feel bad for even feeling hurt by this because I know that there are people in the world of the abused who have gone through so much worse. And I know that we're not supposed to compare suffering and we're not supposed to compare heartache and all that. And like, I went through something, but you know, it could have been worse, so I shouldn't complain about it. And that's something that we struggle with as survivors of sexual abuse, that you know, if our abuse could have been worse, we almost feel like we don't have a right to talk about it. And I've gone through that. Like, oh, well, it could have been worse. Like a lot of people experienced way worse abuse than I did, you know, if we're going on like a scale of abuse. And so part of me has felt like, do I even have a right to like be upset about this? Yada, yada, yada. I know that we struggle with that, but it actually is a struggle for me to complain or get upset at somebody for sort of pushing back against me speaking out when I know that there are people who are listening to the sound of my voice right now that maybe somebody in your extended family hasn't been the person to push back. Maybe you had to report a loved one, perhaps a parent for abusing you and somebody that was super close to other members of your family. And then I know that when you speak up and when you speak out and when you come forward about abuse, you are suffering from something that I know is a lot greater than just, oh, this person is mad at me for speaking out for whatever random reason. Um, So I just want you to know that as I share this and I share my heart surrounding this situation, it is with the full knowledge that there are those of you who are suffering from something similar to this but way worse. Like I can't say that, oh, I spoke out about being sexually abused and now my mom won't speak to me or now my dad won't speak to me or now members of my family will have nothing to do with me because they don't believe what I'm saying or they don't want to believe it. I know and I have spoken to people who listen to this podcast who literally go through that. And it's hard. Like it is, it is difficult um, for anybody. Like I, I'm saying here, it was difficult for me to find out that somebody had been mocking me for speaking out online about sexual abuse. Like literally mocking me and to other people in my family who I love and who I hope have respect for me. And instead they've been, you know, watching somebody mock me basically for speaking out about sexual abuse and just the hurt 
and the anger that I experience finding that out and being upset about that. I know that it has to be magnified hundreds and hundreds of times when you're speaking out about being abused by someone in your family. And that's something that I can honestly just say I don't understand and I don't know anything about. Um, I do know about abuse within families, people who have been physically abused, people who have been verbally abused and mentally and emotionally abused. Um, But I cannot speak to knowing how it feels to be sexually abused by a member of your family and then having to speak out against that family member and having other family members push back against it. That is something that while I have great empathy for. And while it's heartbreaking and it's hard for me to fathom, like I know that it's a huge deal, but it is something that's difficult for me to actually pinpoint and fathom because it's not something that I've experienced. So as I gripe and complain, (laughs) that to say that I understand that there are those of you listening to this podcast who have had to turn in mothers for abuse, who've had to turn in fathers for abuse, who've had to turn in siblings for abuse. And not only are you dealing with the fact that a trusted family member has abused you, but then on top of that, you're dealing with the fact that you have to speak out against that family member and deal with all of the other family members who don't want to believe that it's true. I'm watching the series Ray Donovan right now, and uh, that has nothing to do with this podcast except that there are a lot of references to some of the main characters having been sexually abused by priests when they were children. And there's actually a scene that I watched um, I'm in the first season, and I just kind of latched onto the show. Um, one of my family members is watching it, and they're like, it's so good. You got to watch it. And I didn't realize that this whole like element of sexual abuse was a part of it. And this series aired like back in in 2011, 2012. So it's been a while and I'm only on the first season. So yes, very late to the party. But I found it interesting how three children were abused by the same priest and they all three kind of handled it in a different way. And they all three tried to tell in a different way. And they had different experiences with how their families reacted. And one of them was basically like beaten by his dad and told like, how dare you say this about a man of God? You're lying, blah, 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 blah. And was never believed by his father. And then this priest went on to abuse one of his younger siblings. The good news is there is some lovely justice meted out in like episode 10 or 11 of season one of this series that I absolutely enjoyed thoroughly, probably a little more than I should have. But I just found it interesting that three people were abused by the same priest or he attempted to abuse all three of them. And all three of them kind of told in different ways, reacted in different ways and were believed or not believed in different ways. And again, I don't have a point of reference for people not believing that I was sexually abused as a child, because I think that every single person I've told has at least acted like they believed me, or I mean, I'm convinced that everyone I've told has believed, okay, this happened. Um, We know that, you know, she's not making this up. There's no reason for her to make this up. Um, But I feel like a lot of the people believed it so readily because the person who abused me and who I was speaking out about was not somebody that they were super close to or they felt the need to protect. Now, there have been some missionaries um, who, yes, were close to this person who abused me when I was a child, and maybe it was different for them, 
but being, you know, 14,000 miles away, it's not something that I necessarily had to watch happen, like to watch unfold in real time. I have heard from some of the missionaries, one who said, you know, that she was unable to, you know, read any of his stuff on Facebook anymore. She was unable to listen to, you know, his wife or his family talk about him without, you know, having these awful feelings that he had abused me when I was a child. So, I mean, that is almost semi-supportive. And it's hard to call this like a blessing. I don't want to say it's a blessing, but one of the not so terrible parts of what happened to me as a child is the fact that I was abused by someone that was not a member of my family, that I didn't have to fight with members of my family to try and get them to believe that somebody had abused me. And it's something that kind of brings out the mama bear in me when it happens to other people, because it's hard enough to come out and tell people that you were sexually abused as a child. It's hard enough to admit that it affected you as a child, that it affected you growing up. It's hard to admit that you've had struggles in life related to the fact that you were abused. It's not easy to like swallow your pride and basically seem weak. You you kind of, it, it's one of those things where you kind of have to embrace humility and embrace vulnerability. And it does make you feel like a weak human being. I happen to believe that when you are able to overcome those feelings and face them and speak out anyway, that that weakness that you feel is simply your discomfort with vulnerability. And in fact, you're very brave to be able to speak out. You're very brave to be able to come forward and say, this person abused me. And if you're brave when it's somebody that you never met, and again, I'm not trying to say that you had it better than somebody else or that you, you know, shouldn't be as upset as somebody else should be because of the way you were abused compared to the way they were abused. But if it's bravery that helps you to come forward when you were abused by somebody outside of your family, it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly what to call it if you have to speak out about a member of your own family who abuses you. So I just wanted you to know kind of my feelings and thoughts around that, that I have a true respect for anybody who has had to speak out about sexual abuse, but there is a special place in my heart for you if you have had to speak out against somebody who is beloved by everyone and somebody especially who is a member of your own family. And I don't know what kind of support can even be offered for that uh, because there are so many people who are struggling with it. People who are like, well, I had to turn in one of my siblings. Now my parents don't want to talk to me or well, I had to turn in my mom and now my siblings don't want to talk to me or I, I have no relationships with anyone in my family because they, they don't want to believe what happened to me. They don't want to believe this person could have done this to me. They don't want to believe that they're capable of this. And, you know, they might say that they believe me, but they also think that maybe I'm just mistaken and my memories aren't correct. You know, there's, there are so many complicated layers when you get like family involved in your abuse, so many layers because you have so many different connections. And it's why I admire people who are able to just, you know, turn in a family member and be like, hey, this person abused me. Yes, they are my, you know, fill in the blank family member. And I do love them. I've known them since I was born and I've cared about them. However, they're abusing children. And now I feel like I must speak out for it. There's just a special place in my heart for those people because the the courage that it takes, the bravery that it takes is insane. So having said that, speaking out in general is not super easy, especially when you're the kind of person that doesn't want to be perceived as weak. And again, it's that feeling of vulnerability when we 
I mean, when you tell someone that you were sexually abused, when you tell somebody that you were sexually abused and that you've been affected by it, there's a vulnerability there that you can't get around. It puts you in a very vulnerable position. And I will never forget feeling that way when I first started speaking out and feeling that vulnerability you kind of feel like you're standing there, like those dreams where you show up to school naked and it's the worst feeling, like you're just so exposed to everyone and you just want to cover up, but there's nothing to cover you up. And that's kind of the feeling when you start to speak out about having been sexually abused, especially if you are the kind of person who, like I was, um, who I became kind of more of a rough exterior because of the fact that I had been abused. I did not want to be viewed as vulnerable by anyone. I was always strong. I was always opinionated. I was always a fighter. You know, like that was just how I was in response to being abused because I believed subconsciously that my vulnerability and the soft places in me were what got me into trouble. So I think subconsciously, I just started kind of like tamping down the softness and I became a little bit more of a rough kind of a person because I did not want people to have access to that vulnerable part of me so that I couldn't get hurt. So you're standing there completely naked, completely exposed, speaking out about the fact that you have been sexually abused, which is honestly one of the most humiliating things that can happen to a person. Again, not going to start leveling trauma. You know, we're not going to do trauma leveling where yours is worse than mine, mine is worse than yours, but his is worse than hers, like whatever. I'm not doing that. Um, If you've experienced any kind of sexual trauma, you know that it's terrible. It's terrible no matter who in the world had it worse than you. It's not something that's easy to deal with. But when you're standing there raw and exposed and you're sharing this part of you, like I was abused as a child, I'm speaking out about it now, to feel vulnerable, to feel exposed, and to do it anyway, only to be met with opposition from people who really should be supportive and who really should love you. Um, That's hard. Like it's hard because you have this fear. Like if I speak out, people are going to judge me. If I speak out, people are going to think I'm weak. If I speak out, people are going to think I'm attention seeking, which that's my personal favorite. Like, oh, you just want attention. Like, you know what? People who want attention, I'm feeling like there are so many ways in life you can get attention and you do not need to talk about being sexually abused so that you can get attention from people. There are other ways to go about it. And that to me is super insulting when people act like someone is speaking out about sexual abuse because they just want attention from people. I spent 35 years of my life not speaking out about sexual abuse because I didn't want attention for that. I wanted to act like it hadn't affected me. I wanted to act like there was nothing to see here. It didn't affect me. You know, I was fine. And yes, this thing happened to me when I was a kid, but it's not a big deal. I moved on. I was fine. I was doing great in life. Like that's, that's how I saw myself and that's how I wanted other people to see me. However, something happened in me when I realized that not only had I been sexually abused as a child, but that it had affected me so profoundly. Something just changed in me. It was like a switch just flipped on. And I went from, I'm never going to speak about this in my entire life. I'm never going to share this with anybody. I'm not going to ever speak of this. You know, it's just something that happened. I can talk about it to my therapist or I can talk about it to myself, but I don't need to tell anybody else. 
But when I realized how much having been sexually abused affected me, and when I realized the level of deception that it took for this person to abuse me, there was something that happened inside me that just said, I cannot be quiet about this. And it wasn't because Kelly needs attention from people. It wasn't because I want to sit around and cry about my past. It wasn't because I want to be negative and I don't want to pick myself up from my bootstraps and move forward. It wasn't because I need sympathy from people. Uh, The reason that I chose to speak out about sexual abuse is because I saw what it did in my life and I thought if I can share this If I can share something of what happened to me and what I'm learning, there's a chance that I can help somebody else. Um, Now that I know that this was affecting me and that this was the way that I was living my life kind of as a reaction to being sexually abused, I just thought, man, who is out there that's struggling with this who doesn't know this? I was so excited that I found an answer for a problem I didn't even know that I had that there was no way I could be quiet about it. And the second thing was, once I realized the way that predators operated, I realized that people like my abuser were getting away with what they did because so many of us are completely oblivious to the fact that it even happens in the first place. And that was the second reason that I wanted to speak out because I knew um, people are pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. They're wolves in sheep's clothing and they're infiltrating our churches and they're abusing our kids. And people are growing up like I was being super dysfunctional and having no idea why, struggling with massive anxiety and relational problems and physical and emotional problems and having no clue why it was happening. And I thought, I have answers now, and I would like to share them with people in case they're struggling with the same thing. And I would like to share them with people so that they can stop their own kids from being abused, or they can stop some people in their churches who may already be abusing kids. And I know that if you're a person who's listening to this podcast, that I'm probably preaching to the choir just a little bit, because you're probably like 100% in tune with some of these reasons for speaking out, if not all of them. But we don't step forward and say like, oh, let's shine a spotlight on this sexual abuse for our health. And I think that if there was any point to this episode of the podcast, that's what I would say. I don't speak out about sexual abuse for my health. (laughs) Like that's not why I do it. I don't speak out about sexual abuse because it's fun and I love doing it because it's just such a fun and happy topic and it just makes me feel happy and warm and fuzzy inside. I don't speak out about sexual abuse for my health. I speak out about sexual abuse because I see the damage that it's done in my life. I see the damage that it's done in the lives of people that I love and care about. I see lives that have been completely a hundred thousand percent destroyed by sexual abuse. And because I know that there's an answer and because I know that there is healing and because I know that there's a way out and because I know what it means to prevent sexual abuse. Like, can you imagine looking at somebody's life and the difference between whether they're sexually abused as a child or not, look at that and say, like, if there's a chance that you can stop it, would you not do everything in your power to stop it? Wouldn't you? Because that's the way that I feel. That's what has prompted me to speak out about sexual abuse. It's not for my health. It's not because I think it's fun. And it's not because I just love being vulnerable. Because let me tell you something. I have vulnerability hangovers after every recording of every single episode of Survivor Sanctuary. I have vulnerability hangovers 
every single time I post something about sexual abuse on my Facebook page, every single time I post, I have to fight those feelings. And I'm not saying this as like a woe is me type of a thing. It's just to help you understand what it's like. And and if you speak out, maybe you know. And perhaps you're one of those people that doesn't give a crap what other people think about you. And that's fantastic. But I'm willing to bet that if you're one of those people, you're not necessarily a survivor of sexual abuse as much as you are an advocate for those who are survivors. Because I've heard advocates who haven't experienced sexual abuse themselves speaking out and saying, I don't give a crap what people think about me. And I admire those people. I admire the heck out of them. I'll say, I'll just say your name, Jimmy Hinton. You're one of them. Like Jimmy's just like, I don't give a crap what anybody thinks about me. But I feel like that level of confidence tends to come with not having been put in the humiliating position of being sexually abused as a child and there's nothing wrong like this is not like a there's nothing wrong with having that confidence and even if you're a survivor and you have that confidence more power to you but I feel like I've met with more survivors who who question their every move when they're speaking out they question everything that makes them feel vulnerable and raw like I feel it sometimes if somebody sends me a message and I take too long to respond I feel it if I send somebody a message about anything related to sexual abuse and they don't respond right away it's like that fear of like oh my gosh I've made myself vulnerable I've made myself weak and now um, the response that I'm getting is making me feel even more vulnerable and makes me feel even smaller and weaker like these are the things that you deal with and the thoughts that go through your head as a survivor of sexual abuse and every single person yes is different we're not all experiencing exactly the same thoughts and feelings but to come back to it I will say the people who can say with confidence, I don't give a crap what anybody thinks about me. Like, I don't give a crap if you think I'm dumb, if you think I'm vulnerable, if you think I'm stupid, I don't give a crap. Like that attitude is not an attitude that I typically find with survivors of sexual abuse. I feel like that it takes a lot out of us to be vulnerable because we do care. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to cry if somebody doesn't like me or if somebody doesn't think the best of me. But it's that you're putting your naked self out there. You're putting the worst parts of you. And, and it's not the worst part of you. I don't want to say like sexual abuse is the worst part of you. It's not your fault. Like it's not our fault that that's a bad part of us. But it's kind of putting out our weakest and most vulnerable self. And just being stripped naked in front of people and saying, this happened to me and it sucks. And I don't want it to happen to anybody else. So I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to speak out about it. And the reason is not for my health. The reason is not because I just think it's a fun thing to talk about. The reason is not because I think that it's such positive attention that you get on Facebook if you go on there and say you were sexually abused. Like, trust me, that's not it because you don't get positive attention. You get a lot of people who you can post a picture of a puppy and you get 30,000 likes and then you post something about sexual abuse and there are like six people who will say something about it or hit the like button and everybody else kind of avoids you, kind of tries to avoid the topic and then you find out they've been talking about you behind your back and not just talking about you behind your back but literally mocking you to children because you speak out about sexual abuse. So yes, if you can tell that there's a little bit of emotion behind this, there definitely is because it's a difficult thing to kind of wrap your brain around that somebody would be so insensitive to actually mock another human being for speaking out about sexual abuse. And if this were a person who was somebody that I would say, oh, maybe this person 
is a closet abuser and maybe that's why they're making fun of me but it's not it's a person who actually claims to be a survivor of sexual abuse and yeah there may be some deep-seated reasons why she can't come to grips with what's happened to her and therefore she doesn't like for anybody else to talk about sexual abuse I try to be sensitive to that but literally to be mocked for speaking out about sexual abuse to be mocked for trying to prevent sexual abuse among children is something I have a lot of trouble wrapping my brain around and that just really makes me kind of want to check out like not check out of life but just check out of dealing with humanity for a little while like I I can't even imagine and all, all I keep thinking is thank God that Jesus didn't think that it was something that shouldn't be talked about thank God that Jesus didn't give a crap if you know somebody disliked what he said about millstones and people that would harm children or cause them to stumble like thank goodness he didn't take that stance or we'd be missing part of the Bible right now I just kind of feel like if it was good enough for Jesus to speak out about that it's probably good enough for me to speak out about and it kind of brings me back to being reminded why we're doing this in the first place why we're recording podcasts why we're writing books why we're writing blog posts why we're putting Facebook posts up to talk about sexual abuse it is not for my health It's not for your health. It's not for anybody else's health. The reason that we speak out about sexual abuse is because we realize the damage that it does and we want to stop it. We either want to stop the damage that's eating people up who've already been abused and they don't understand what it's done to them, or we want to prevent that from happening in the first place. If I can say something on Facebook that is going to make a parent think twice about letting their kid do something that could lead to them being abused if it's going to make a parent think twice about letting their kid you know be alone or spend the night with some rando church leader who's like oh I love kids and I'm just going to take care of them if there's something that will make anybody think twice about what they do with their kids and that might possibly prevent abuse then I guess yes along that vein I can say I don't give a crap what you think about me because if it saves your kid (laughs) or it helps one person, then your thoughts are meaningless. Um, But I guess the point of this is we speak out about sexual abuse because people who have experienced it and who have admitted the effect that it's had on their lives know what this does, and they know the importance of stopping it. I will never forget realizing, oh my gosh, I've wondered why my life is so weird. I've wondered why I can't seem to, like, find success where other people are finding it. I've wondered why I'm this way and this way. And, and I just kind of ignored it and just tried to keep moving on in life and, and tried to be successful. And there were always just these failures in these areas of my life that I could never freaking figure out. And when I finally realized what had been holding me back all this time, I couldn't not share that with people because I thought if I have not understood this all these years, I'm sure that other people haven't understood it either. And maybe they're struggling and maybe something that I'm saying could help them. So yeah, essentially this 30 minute podcast, just to say, I don't speak out about sexual abuse for my health. Don't do it. Like that's not why I'm doing it. I don't speak out about sexual abuse so that you will feel sorry for me. I don't speak out so that you will pay attention to me. I don't speak out as an outlet for bitterness or rage or anger. Although, yes, sexual abuse does make me angry. And if you know what it does to people, it makes you angry too. I freaking speak out because I don't want this to happen 
to anybody else. I speak out because I understand what sexual abuse does to kids, how it affects them across their lifetime, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It is a destroyer of lives and a destroyer of souls. And if you're in denial about that, sucks to be you. It just does. But I guess I can actually safely say with Jimmy Hinton, um, when the vulnerability kind of hangover wears off and I am in a great frame of mind, I can say as well, don't give a crap what you think about me. You can mock me to members of my family. You can make fun of me for speaking out about sexual abuse. You can act like what I'm doing is somehow rooted in some sort of dysfunction or some character flaw that I have. You know what? Don't give a crap because if me speaking out helps one person to not suffer, helps one person to be able to find healing, then it's worth it. Your mockery, your nasty attitude, and your desire to berate me and beat me down in front of members of my family, like, all right, you know what? If that's something I have to take in order to speak out and hopefully help somebody who's struggling, I guess that that's the price to pay. And I'm not saying that as like, yay me, you know, I'm willing to fight all these people. Like, we shouldn't have to be going through this. Like, I think that's the bigger point here. It's not that, oh, yay, I'm willing to take on the haters in order to do this. It's that members of your own freaking family shouldn't be mocking you for speaking out about sexual abuse. That's the point. The problem is not with me or how I feel or my courage to fight back against the haters. Like, it's that you shouldn't exist. You shouldn't exist. People who mock their loved ones for speaking out about sexual abuse should not exist. Like that kind of crap shouldn't be happening. But if you're a survivor of sexual abuse, you know that it does. And I'm not saying here at all that I understand how you feel if you've had to turn in somebody in your family for abusing. Um, Because I don't. That's something that I don't understand. I'm not trying to say like now I'm a part of your club because I have family members hating on me. But just to find out that you're being mocked by somebody who should have your back and at the very least, if they don't agree with what you're doing, should just shut up and deal with it. Um, To find that out is just like a whole new layer of trauma. Okay, (laughs) you know, you're sexually abused and it definitely sucks. You live your life in response to being sexually abused without realizing it. And that definitely sucks. Then you realize it and you got to spend all this time really trying to work on healing and spending money and time and effort that you shouldn't have to, to work on healing. And that pretty much sucks. But at least, you know, there are benefits there because you're healing. Um, But then to find out on top of it that you're speaking out, you're trying to be vulnerable to help others and you're, you're trying to move forward and heal. And then you're getting pushback from people and not even pushback. You're literally being mocked by people for the fact that you speak out. And honestly, that is really, I mean, that that's, that's the podcast for you today. <laughs> like, I am sorry. I, it just prompted me to want to say, like, if this bothers me this much, I can't imagine what you go through if you have to turn in a member of your family and you have family members who've turned against you because of it. And I just want you to know that like my heart is with you and my heart goes out to you. And I have talked to some of you who have been in that situation and it sucks, man. And I have trouble imagining it and to just experience this tiny little part of it, like to just find out that somebody is mocking me behind my back to other family members because they think it's stupid that I speak out about sexual abuse. Like to find that out is so tiny. And it's the fact that it bothers me as much as it does just kind of solidifies for me 
that if you are struggling after having come forward about sexual abuse within your own family and you're dealing with pushback from people, like I can't even imagine how that feels for you. Um, if this feels that bad, <laughs> I know that you are dealing with like a whole other level of being traumatized. So guys, I, I don't like, I, the point is essentially that we're not speaking out about sexual abuse for our health. You didn't come forward and say something because you thought it would be a fun thing to do. You didn't come forward and tattle on a family member for sexually abusing you because you thought that would be a super fun thing to do with your life. Like there's a reason that we do it. And that reason is a healing for us and for other people be justice and justice is necessary. Justice is something that is never wrong to pursue. And C, not that there need to be like ABC bullet points here, but to help other people who might be struggling and experiencing the same thing. So keep speaking out. That's all I'm going to say. Like keep speaking out uh, because when, when you put yourself out there and you're naked and you're vulnerable and you get shot down and made fun of, it's like your biggest fear when you're vulnerable and naked in front of people and sharing that super just like personal part of your life. The biggest fear is that you're going to be mocked, that you're going to be ridiculed, that you're going to be made to feel smaller than you already feel. And when it comes true, really sucks. But the reason that we do it is not for those people. It's for the people that we might be able to help. And that's, it's important. You know, if I didn't think that it was, I would shut up and never say anything about being sexually abused ever again. But I know that it's important. I know that there are people who need help, that there are people who need to hear, that there's somebody that needs to know, hey, what happened to you is not your fault. And there is help for you. There is healing for you. And it's not okay what happened to you. And there is a way to stop it. And there is a way to move forward. Like there are people that need to hear that. And as long as those people exist, I'm not going to shut up. And I'm, yes, I will still have my vulnerability hangovers when I share. Um, I'm still going to hesitate before I hit post because of situations like the one I'm in right now. Um, but I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm not going to let that get in my way. And, you know, if somebody decides to stop speaking out or to stop talking about, you know, what they've gone through or to stop advocating for a period because the stress of what other people are saying or doing is getting to them, no shame in that whatsoever. Sometimes we all need to take a step back. Sometimes we all need a little bit of a break. But we're not speaking out for our health. We're not speaking out so that people will like us. We're speaking out because it's necessary. It sucks that it's necessary, man. It sucks that we need to get on a microphone and say, like, don't freaking rape children. Like, that sucks that we have to do that. It sucks that we have to say, you know what? You can't always trust the people that you go to church with. You can't always trust the people who say they love God and that have their best interests at heart. Like, you can't always trust those people. It sucks that it's necessary for anybody to ever say a freaking word about sexual abuse. But guess what? It's the world we live in. And as long as us being loud and noisy continues to make change in the world and continues to give people the opportunity to not experience what we've experienced... We're going to keep freaking speaking out about it. So on that happy note, <laughs> um, mock away, people, mock away. It took me like this, like 35, 40 minutes of this episode to get to this place and to talk myself through it. But I've gone from just being disgusted and hurt that somebody would mock me for something like speaking out about sexual abuse to the point where I'm like, you know what? Don't give a crap. <laughs> 
if that's what you think, because it's important that we do this. And when the world gets to the place where we don't need to do it anymore, hella freaking Luya, we will all shut up. But until then, we're not freaking speaking out about sexual abuse for our health. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'll see you on the next episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.